I'll tell you what, we all need to consider Christ, don't we? Thank the Lord. Appreciate that. The crowd or the inner circle? The crowd or the inner circle? That's the time of my message. Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, as we get into the preaching now, we just thank you for everything that's already been done. Our hearts have been touched and uh, all the songs today. And uh, Lord, uh, I just thank you so much for loving us and Lord being so good to us. Lord, I just pray you help me now as I preach. Lord, I inside me, I feel like I can't do this. And yet, I know that you can help me do this. And Lord, uh, I, to bring your word is a, is, a, is a great task. But Father, I know that you can take feeble lips and use them. And Lord, you can take some words and fit them for each and every one of us. And I pray that this morning that you'd come down on us in a mighty way and speak to us about this subject and we'll thank you save the one that without you in jesus name we pray amen as long as i can remember from my early teen years which was many many years ago uh, to the present i've heard people complain about certain groups of people it's called what we call cliques you ever heard that when you're in school we did that. Either you were in a clique or you were, you knew of cliques. And you, sometimes it was this, you were in a clique and were upset with that clique, and so you blamed the clique. And so we went through school clickety-clack all the time, didn't we, huh? And we just all kinds of, of cliques. And I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that about us in our church. I've heard that said about pretty much every church. There's cliques. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and I understand, uh, but uh, that's, uh, that's something that, 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 that we all probably complain about from time to time. I, I've complained about it, and I go, well, that's just a click, and, 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 and so have you probably, and, and, you know, unless you're perfect, but I think most of us in here are not. And, but I've heard parents complain about clicks because their child was not in that click. I don't know, maybe it would have been okay if the child was in that clique and then they wouldn't have complained about it. They thought, well, there's cliques and they won't let my child in. And then uh, sometimes it's uh, about uh, adults complaining about other adults being in a clique. And, and uh, sometimes it's teenagers complaining about other teenagers that are in a clique. And, and, and that happens. And I used to be a youth pastor before I pastored here in uh, 1977. Uh, I was a youth pastor until we started in 83. And uh, so only a few months before that, uh, I was a youth pastor. Before we started here, I was a youth pastor. And, and I'll be honest with you, there were, and had a pretty large youth group, and there were people that complained about cliques in the youth group. And, and, uh, and, and I understood. And, and I believe everybody ought to be welcome. All right, good. Most of you feel that way. The cliques won't say amen on that one. But uh, I believe everybody ought to be welcome. But, I mean, I understand that there are sometimes when there is that, that inner circle, those people that are our friends. And, uh, and, and I look at this as our church. I look at it as, as we're all uh, one big group of people. I, I believe that, uh, that, that we love each other. But it could be that, you know, some people are this way, that they won't be friends with others. And, 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 that, and that's a shame, but you don't... You don't, you don't uh, 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 you know, leave the church because of that. You, 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 you still, you still serve God no matter what. You see, and 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 there's going to be cliques, but I don't go to church to be in or out of a clique. I go to church to hear the word of God. 
But I know as a youth pastor, I heard the whining of cliques. And young people come in, nobody likes me. And I'm like, you know, I know the person and I can understand why no one likes them. Because nobody likes a whiny person. You know, everyone's always whining. You just really don't want to be them. But I, I've heard that. And I, I guess what you say that, uh, about this click is kind of this. And I think, I think we look at this. We use the word click and it really sounds bad. But uh, I don't know, maybe it sounds bad to you what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it the inner circle. The inner circle. And uh, I think that's what it is. And, and sometimes that's, that happens because somebody's snobbish. And there are people with their nose in the air. And uh, they just, you know, they'll look down on everybody else. And they think they're better than someone else. And I've run into people from time to time in my ministry where they felt they were better than other people. They, you know, you're not better than anyone else. Jesus died as much for you as he died for everybody else. And uh, you were as big a sinner as everybody else was. Well, my sin is not that bad. Oh, yeah, your sin was bad enough to cause you to go to hell. But uh, uh, sometimes people are snobbish, and uh, they'll complain and say, well, people are not being friendly to me. And I understand some people are more friendly than others. I mean, you probably, if I said, you know, who's friendly in our church? You might be a few names would pop in your head. Well, I'll tell you, they're friendly. They speak to everybody. And I'd say, who is not friendly? And you'd probably come up with the names, too. So I know they're not very friendly, and that's, that's, that's part, of, part of life. And, and a lot of times we complain about that clique or that inner group because we're just not been friendly. You know, to have friends, the Bible says you must show yourself friendly. You know, the more you talk to people, the more you'll find they're friendly. You know, it's amazing how we don't know each other in a small church. We all ought to know each other well, and the way we do that is by speaking with each other, being friendly. But we look at this and we think either we think we're in the inner circle or we think that they're in the inner circle and so there's a division there. And, and, and that ought not be. And, and I understand some people are more outgoing than others. I know that. Uh, some are just, uh, just not friendly at all. But there is such a thing as cliques. There is such a thing as inner circles. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. You say, well, I think it is. I don't think there ought to be cliques in the church. And, and I understand what you're saying. I don't think that some people ought to exclude other people. I think we ought to be, uh, we ought to love everyone. That's, I think I read in the Bible somewhere. But there is two different groups of people, I think. And there was two groups of people, the people that Jesus was talking about in this portion of Scripture. Bible said in verse 33, and with many such parables, with many, that's how many people, all the people, with all many people, such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. Without a parable spake he not unto them, and when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. There's two different groups of people. There was the many, and then there was the small group of disciples. Both were important, but there was a difference between the two groups. Our Lord spoke to the many there, a multitude of people there in verse 33, and then we find in verse 34 that he's alone with the disciples. I think we would all probably agree this morning that the disciples were the inner crowd, the inner group. They were, in our vernacular of today, isn't that a big word I just used, vernacular, how about that? You know I went to college now, don't you? But in the vernacular that we use today, the word would be click. Can you imagine some folks go, look at them over there. 
Look at those disciples and Jesus with them. That's just a click over there. Well, it was an inner circle. It really was. There was a difference in the people here. And so our Lord tells us there with the crowd of people, though, he dealt with them differently than he did the inner circle. With the crowd of people, he used something very important, which is good for us. And, 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 and we, we, what we find is this, that he used parables. Parables are stories. Some, some people say a parable is a, a, uh, uh, a heavenly uh, 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 truth with a earthly, or, 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 or earthly story with a heavenly truth. I think that's what they say. But you get what I'm talking about. But he's talking about that parable. The Lord used parables with a crowd of people there. And he, and he spoke, uh, spoke to people using many different stories. But I thought it was interesting when he got alone with the inner circle. He didn't, wasn't using the parables. And then what it said in verse number 34, but without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. He gave that inner crowd, that inner circle, a little bit more. And he didn't use the parables like he did with, now I'm not saying he never used a parable, I believe he used them, but with the crowd he did. I think about the Lord when he went to the Mount of Olives prior to his crucifixion. There was a crowd of people, and then what happens? Uh, the, there was people at the foot of the mountain, but the Bible tells us that he walked up the hill, and some people followed him. So there was this crowd of people, and then there was some. It was kind of the middle circle, if you will. And then he walked a little bit further, and there was the inner circle. Those disciples that stayed right there with him. But even that group there, Jesus went on all by himself later on. He came back and found them sleeping, didn't he? But the, what I want you to get is this, that there was that inner circle. And I think about, you know, that there was, as he walked a little bit further, there was Peter, James, and John, and with him there and then he went a little bit further and then he was all by himself and I began to think about Peter and you know one of the things about Peter was this Peter was the one was one I think if we were to take a vote on who was the one who wanted to be the closest to Jesus I mean Peter was a little bit nuts sometimes about things he did he got himself he opened his mouth when he should have shut his mouth and he did some things he shouldn't have done but I'll tell you what old Peter wanted to be close to the Lord so close to the Lord when the Lord began to tell about how his crucifixion and, and remember how that well, old Peter, he spoke up and the Bible says he rebuked the Lord. <laughs> Can you imagine rebuking the Lord? And he rebukes the Lord and said, oh, far be it from that. You're, you're, you're not going to go there. We're not going to let anybody take you. Why would he say something like that? I know he meant well because he loved Jesus. And he wanted to be close to him. Remember, he left everything, and so did other disciples. They left everything and followed the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about the transfiguration. What an awesome thing that must have been to see. And there wasn't everyone, there wasn't the whole crowd, but there was an inner circle. Peter, James, and John were with Jesus. They went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, and there they saw something nobody else ever seen before. And who speaks up? None other than Peter and said, it's good for us to be here. Remember, he wanted to make a tabernacle for everybody. And he was all excited about this here. And, and again, showing me this, that he wanted to be close to the Lord. And yeah, he messed up sometimes, but he was part of that inner circle. He desired to be close to the Lord. 
He wasn't concerned about the crowd. He wasn't concerned about being accepted by the crowd. He was concerned about the Lord. That's the way we should be today. I mean, thank the Lord for the crowd. But ladies and gentlemen, it's not about us being around the crowd. It's us getting close to the Lord. If I can say this this morning, we all ought to be a part of the clique. We all need to be a part of the inner circle. Those folks that are close to the Lord. I think it's kind of like church. I want to be a part of it. I, I, when, I, when I come down the road, I look and I see our church and I think, man, and I've said to my wife before, I said, honey, I don't understand why people wouldn't want to come to our church. It's so pretty. And I said, on top of that, such a wonderful pastor. She rolls her window down and throws up. But, you know, I mean, I, I, look, I look at that. I thank the Lord for this place here. But you know what? I don't want to just sit here. And I, I, you know what? I, I don't want to just sit in the parking lot. You know, I very seldom see the parking lot other than from here with cars in it. Other than that one night when you all told me to leave after a service on Sunday night for me to go home and I left and I almost wanted to cry as I pulled away and I saw all the cars in the church parking lot and I left. But what a blessing. Thank you for a warm house. Oh, bless your hearts. But anyways, I don't want to sit out in the parking lot and go, oh, look at the beautiful building. Oh, look at the cars that are here. I mean, that's good. I'm glad to see the building. I'm glad to see the cars here. But I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to just sit back and watch. I don't want to sit in the bleachers watching. I want to be participating. You know, I've been to ball games before. I've been to, I've been to, Purdue to see a ball game. I've been to Indiana State. You know, I'm talking about promised land out there. And uh, I, I've been to those. I've been to see uh, the, the Chicago Bulls play basketball and saw Michael Jordan play and, and uh, uh, you know, Dominique Wilkins and some of these great basketball players. I, I've been to uh, uh, some other football games and, and basketball games and, and in high school even. You know, it's neat to go to a game, but I'll be honest with you. You know what I really liked? Playing in the game. I've sat in the bleachers, but they're not as exciting as being in the game. In fact, I was on the team, and, and, and at first, I was, I was not a starter on our basketball team. But I would get put in, but I was on the bench. And I'll be honest with you, I was glad to be able to have a uniform. And I was glad to be able to sit on the bench. But honestly, you know what? Every time when coach would have the, other, the, the first string go out, out to play, I would scoot down towards the coach. Because I wanted, when coach looked over to put someone in, I wanted to look over and go, fighter, get in there. I wanted to play. And when coach would say, all right, you get in, it was a lot more fun than sitting on the bleachers. It was even more fun than sitting on the bench when you got to be in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a game we're in today. But we're in a church, and I don't want to sit in the bleachers. I don't, want to, I don't want to just sit on the bench. I want to participate in that which is the church. I want to be on the inner circle. I want to be in the service of the Lord and in the church. 
I don't want to just watch. It's more of a blessing to participate. And I thought, you know, that's what the Lord was, what these disciples were doing. I think a lot of people came to that time of the feeding of the 5,000. People came to see what was going on. They weren't there to participate. They weren't there to be an inner circle people. But they wanted to see what was going on, and boy, did they get an eyeful. Oh, by the way, they got a belly full too, didn't they? Because the Lord blessed that the fish and the bread and the people ate until they were full, and there were, all this food was left over. And then what happens? All The majority of people went away. But there was an inner circle. Those who stayed with Jesus, those who went with him and followed him. When our Lord expounded the word to the crowd of people, he used parables. But then he takes the inner circle, those disciples, to be alone with them and expounds things to them. And he expounded, I love what it says in verse 34, the last part. He expounded all things to his disciples. He told them everything. That's what happens when you're in the inner circle. You get it all. Amen. You get it all. You know, you know sitting out in the parking lot, you're not going to get. If you come just to Sunday school, you're not going to get it all. You know what? You get in the inner circle. What's that mean? I'm here. I'm participating. I'm there all the time. Hey, it's service time. I'm going to be there. You get more. You get more. So our Lord was showing us, I believe, two groups of people. One is that crowd. And he spoke to them with, the, with parables. And I believe that there's such a need for the word of God today, too. I believe that's why it's important for us to be in Sunday school, for us to be in church. I believe it's important Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meetings. All such things are so important. Why? Because we need the word of God. I mean, I mean, just look around us today and listen to what's going on. Read the news and see what's happening in our world today. It is a huge mess. And here's the reason why. A lack of the word of God. I was talking in Sunday school about, about the Bible and how I, I make much about the King James Bible. And there's other versions, other perversions. And people are listening to that. And I said, how fast a generation could change. I mean, I mean, when, when some of you in here, when you were younger, the first, all of a sudden, you, one day you heard about an NIV. You thought, where did this come from? But now what happens, kids wonder, what's a King James? And then we see the thinking that is going on. I think, does anybody in America think straight anymore? I think all the weird, strange ideas that people have. What is accepted and what is rejected? It all comes from what we've done with the word of God. I was reading about the Satan club that's been allowed to be in the public school, after school club, Satan club. I read where a woman, she was all upset. One of the reasons why they got it started was because there was a good news club. And the good news clubs told the boys and girls they needed to be saved. It told them there was a hell. And the lady said, my daughter was so, I think it was daughter or son, whoever it was, it was a wimpy thing. But anyways, they said, they came home and they were crying because there's a hell. And so what did she thought? She thought this, 
well, I don't want these Christians to go doing that. So she decided to join the Satan church. If she don't believe in a hell, why would you join Satan's church? I'm like, there's a word, duh, on your forehead or something like that. What in the world? And she wanted, she said, oh, they're the best people. They're not judgmental. Of course not. Satan says, hey, everything's fine. They're going to wake up in the place where the lady said, my child's scared of. Y'all be scared of hell. But I thought, you know, that, that, that they want the, the Satan club. They're allowing the Satan club there. And uh, they said they have to. The school district said they have to. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. The school dis- district does not have to. You know, it's sad, it's sad when you stop and think that schools got their start in the church. It was in the churches in America where they started schools. And now there's the lack of the church because there's a lack of the word of God. People wonder how it happened. Very simple. The word of God was taken out of the schools, was taken away by the parents, out of the homes, and taken away by preachers out of the churches. We need the word of God. So the Lord was giving to the crowd the word of God using parables, telling stories about it there. I think he realized they needed some stories to keep their attention. I know that happens. I see you all getting sleepy, and sometimes I wake you up by telling something funny. So some of you wonder if anyone's sleeping. I tell a lot of funny stories. And sometimes that doesn't work, and I oftentimes say, if you wouldn't sleep in church, we could get out earlier. You say, well, why would that be? Because I hate waking people up from a good nap. Amen. But, but, here, but here's the thing. With the crowds, he took the word of God, and he gave them some parables. And it was stories. There's nothing wrong with that. I use stories when I preach. It's not wrong. People say, well, I just don't like you telling these stories. But the stories have a truth involved in it. It's to bring it so that it gets our attention and we get the word of God. I don't come here. I'm not a comedian. I don't come and say, oh, this is what I'm going to. I'm going to say these things to get a good laugh. The stories that I tell, the illustrations that I tell, there's a reason behind it. It may be funny. It may make you cry. But it's about to get a truth to you that you'll remember. I want to make it easy for people to get what I'm preaching. You say, preacher, I have a problem with that. Well, then you probably have a problem with the simplicity of salvation. You know, know, salvation's easy. No, I don't know about that, preacher. You know, salvation. I know there's churches today got seven-week classes that you come to And then when you go through those seven weeks of classes and you learn things from the Bible, then you could be saved and then you could join the church. Give me Bible on that. Salvation is not how much doctrine you learn. Salvation is realizing you're a sinner. Realizing Jesus died on the cross for your sins and your sin deserves, makes you deserve hell. But Jesus died on that cross for your sins. And all you got to do Just call on him. And he gives you his righteousness. Amen. Come here. We're going to do us an illustration. 
a parable, all right? All right, take your jacket off. Do you mind? You got a shirt on over there? Okay, good. <laughs> just lay it over there. I'll tell you what, you just, just hold on to it, all right? Now, that's his righteousness. Filthy rags. Pretty nice looking, but it's filthy rags to us right now, right? That's his righteousness. But he needs something else. I'll be God. Not a stretch, right? But I'm God. He needs righteousness. But his righteousness won't work. Whose righteousness does he need? He needs God's righteousness, all right? Put that on. Lord Jesus Christ took our sin. Don't walk away. You stay there. That's mine. <laughs> now he has my righteousness. Was that hard? Simple. All right, now give me my righteousness back. Take your filthy rag. <laughs> I know it was mine. Go sit down. Shut up. Simple. That's how you got saved. You didn't say, man, I had to go out and I had to feed the poor and I had to, I had to get baptized and I had, to, I had to join the church so I go to heaven. No, you came to Jesus and said, I am a sinner. And Jesus said, I have righteousness for you. And he gives us by us just asking. Simple. I don't know why we said, well, you know, you got to go do the catechism and you got to do this, you got to do that, got all these things. No, it's simple. Our Lord is not against simplicity. He gave parables so people could simply understand what he was talking about. Stories to give great truths. Some people today, they criticize us for easy believism. And when they say that, you know what? I know they mean it derogatory, but deep down inside of me, I want to say thank you. Because it is easy. I got saved sitting on a bunk there in, in, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, almost midnight, sitting there in my jammies. And God could save you in a jammies too, can he? He could save you in a bunkhouse where you could see the ground through the holes in the floor when it's hot and you could hear the crickets out there so loud, almost deafening, that I could sit there and say, oh Lord, I don't know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm lost. Dear Jesus, save me right now. That moment he saved my soul simply by calling upon him. Some people say, well, you know, Rachel, you got to pray it through. It's almost like you got to talk God into saving you. God already been talked into it. For God so loved the world. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not comma and do a bunch of good stuff. He said, call upon me and I will save you. I heard a story of a man one day was at the altar praying to get saved. Somebody walked up to him and said, pray on, brother. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. He's sitting there. He's praying. All of a sudden, someone else walked up to him and said, brother, keep praying. Keep praying, brother. Hold on, brother. Hold on. He got done and got up from praying, and somebody asked him and said, well, did you get saved? He says, I don't know. He said, I didn't know whether to give up or hold on. That's what people are doing. I remember a guy one time, he came to our church, and he, I mean, he started getting, getting hooked up with the Methodists. And I warned about it. 
I get a letter from him. You know what he told me one day? He says, my son, I think he's soon to get saved. He's praying through. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't pray through. You just ask Jesus to save you. You don't have to convince him to save you. He already knows he wants to save you. He, or, he already told you that he came. He showed us in his word. Thank the Lord for it. Salvation is not a detailed prayer. You know? He said, well, you've got to say exactly the right words. You know what? God knows the heart. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made. You know, the most important part is that heart part. We're so impressed by prayer sometimes. But a big, long prayer. You imagine Peter, Lord, is it you? Lord says, come on out. He steps out with the side of that boat. And he starts walking on the water. Can you imagine? Oh, Peter, again, he always wanted to be with the Lord, didn't he? He's so much, he, he's walking there. We, 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 we make fun of him for, for, you know, his faith. But the thing is, he's the only one that stepped out. He stepped out. He began to sink. And he prayed, didn't he? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The father of Abraham and Isaac, the father of Jehoshaphat and all the fat guys, Rehoboam and all the bone boys. My preacher used to always say, I love saying it too. Is that how he prayed? Lord, save me! Right? Say, man, that wasn't a big, long dissertation. No, it wasn't. It was simply him calling upon Christ to help him, and the Lord saved him, didn't he? I'm glad it's easy. I'm glad it's kind of like a table that's spread out for you. My wife, she fixed Thanksgiving. She had that table all packed full of food, and I was busy in there waiting. That's my job, waiting. And then all of a sudden, you know what she said? It's time to eat. I love those words. Time to eat. And when I got there, everything was ready. There was a fork, a spoon, a knife, a napkin, a plate. There was turkey and there was cranberry sauce and there was everything else that I shouldn't have eaten but was there. And it was ready. All I had to do was come. That's salvation. Come and dine, the master calleth. Come and dine, the song we sing. We liken salvation to a marriage. You know, in weddings, we kind of drag it out sometimes. You got to make it worth getting dressed up and ruining a Saturday over. And so what happens? We come to church for a wedding. We come in here. But the wedding is not about all the decorations. The wedding has, the decorations have nothing to do with the wedding. The gown, the tuxedos, the music, the candles, and everything, the, that has nothing to do. You, you, know, you know what? It, it's simply this. Do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? I do. Do you take this ugly guy to be your awful husband? <laughs> I do. And then we shake our heads. And then we say, I pronounce you husband and wife. Isn't that simple? I mean, isn't that so simple? It wasn't, they're not married because of the flowers. They're not married because of the music. They're not married because of the white runner that the people tried to roll out in whatever direction. You know how that goes. It wasn't about that. It wasn't the music. It was taking each other simply 
and so is salvation. Simple. He didn't make it hard to be saved. All you need to know, you're a sinner. You're lost on your way to hell. And Jesus calls you, tells you this, call on me and I'll save you. You just need to keep the story simple. And the Lord made it simple for us. And that's why I try to make the messages simple. When I go so many and I don't try to say, let me teach you the doctrines of the Bible. I'll do that when we get out from the crowd and we get to the inner circle. And then I'll teach you Bible doctrines. Well, I'm out there so and I'll tell you the story. I remember the day that I got saved. I asked Jesus into my heart and I tell him where I was at in Murfreesboro, just like I've told you thousands of times. And I tell him the little story about it and how that Jesus died for him. And then they pray, simple little prayer. But when they come, that's that crowd out there. When they come, I'll start teaching you some more things. Give you some of the deeper things. That's what Jesus did. What he expounded all things to his disciples. So there was the group of people, but then there was the inner circle. And the inner circle, they were there, those were the disciples. Disciple has the, one of the meanings of disciple is imitator. Remember the little song we used to sing, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. All I ask to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like him. That's what we're supposed to do. Be like him. Oh, we got saved. We're all glad and joyful about it. Now we need to move into the, the clique, the inner circle. The world won't understand it. In fact, a lot of Christians won't understand it either. They see the silliness of going to church. We're kind of like Peter and Paul and John and some of the others that said, you know what? I want to be close. I want to be close to the Savior. I want to be in the clique. I want to be the inner circle. It wasn't that they were excluding everybody else on the outside. They just knew that not everyone would try to get close to the Lord. That was a secret to be like him. The Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2, verse 5. John 4, 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he as he is, so are we in this world. What the Lord was saying there was this, don't just be the crowd. Don't just be those that drive by and say, man, thank the Lord, Heritage Baptist Church, be a part of the inner circle. Don't just come and just watch. That's why I don't understand why we all don't participate in the song service. I mean, there's the time we listen to the choir. We put up with them for a few minutes, and then it's our turn, right? But we listen to the choir, and that's joy. But I'm sitting there, I'm thinking how good it was. Special music, I listen to that. I think, well, how good that music is. And I, 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 I listen to offertory, and I think, thank the Lord for that song. But I'll tell you what, it is so good to be able, when, when Seth says, turn it to such page, and I got a hymnal, and I can sing along. Participate. When we pray, I'm not looking to see what everyone else is doing, but I'm praying, participating, being a part of the inner circle. Responding. 
You know, college students today will do anything to get in the sororities and the clubs. I just don't understand why the doors aren't being broke down by Christians today getting in church. I don't understand why we let everything in the world keep us from being in church. You say, preacher, how do we get in the inner circle? Well, I believe several ways. One is get in the Bible. Get in the Bible. Read it. I believe another way is to get into service. Not just the church service, but get into service. What are you doing for the Lord? You know, when I played basketball, there was people watching. We had bleachers at our school, and, the, and there was staff and, and kids and, and parents were in the, in, in the they weren't playing. We need to get busy in it, doing all that we can for the Lord. That's part of the inner circle. And get close to the Lord. Get close to the Lord. Do you, you know, we were, as a team, use the basketball team if you will, if you don't mind. But as a team, we were close. And other teenager boys would say, you guys are a clique. Well, you know what? Yeah, kind of, because we were all on the same team. You needed to be close because when you were playing a sport, you needed to know how the other guy's going to react on where you're going to throw the ball. You're going to have to know that they're going to guard this over here and this guy's going to do this. You get to know each other really well. It's important to be a part of that. That's why it's important for us to get to know each other in church. Amen. It was easy to get saved. The Lord made it that way. But I have to say this. It's not so easy to get in the inner circle. It's not as easy. For I come to Romans chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2. You know, to get saved, all I had to do was say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I'm sin. Forgive me. Save me. Simple. But I come to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Wait a minute, Lord. I, I ask you to save me. And the Lord says, I want you now as a living sacrifice. And he goes on to say, holy. Well, Lord, I didn't have to be holy to get saved. Lord said, no. You had to realize you're a sinner. But he said, no, I want you to come close. I want you to be that living sacrifice. I want you to be holy. I want your life to be acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable. And then he says this word, service. And then he goes on in verse 2 and says, and be not conformed to this world. But Lord, you didn't say I had to change to get saved. Lord said, no, you don't have to change to get saved. But if you want to be in the inner circle, you need to change. Amen. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. To find God's will and do God's will. That's the inner circle. Now here's a guy over here that just gets saved and he, he just accepted Christ. He's going to heaven as much as the guy that over here that has done what, what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. Just as saved. They use the crowd where the Lord has to use some stories to keep their attention. Where we can give our attention to the Lord without the stories in it. And the Lord could say, all right, you folks that mean business, let's sit down. Let's talk about some things. And the Bible says, and he expounded all things to his disciples. 
wonder who had the best situation, the crowd or the inner circle. You know what? When it comes to cliques, who's the side that is more upset? The outside or the clique? The outside. The clique, I don't care. You say whatever you want to. I'm just here with the one I love. And the inner circle is around the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay close to him. That doesn't mean the other crowd is not important. They are, and Jesus spoke to them. There's something about going further than the crowd and becoming one of the inner circle. You know, coming to church once in a while, it's going to seem like, well, those people, I, I just don't seem to fit in. You, just, you keep coming, you will fit in. You'll get to say, you know what, they're not a bunch of snobs except for a couple. They're not a bunch of snobs. Why, there's nice people there. Why, wow, I mean, I just, I feel welcome. But we've got to get close. Get close to the Lord. And it won't matter what the crowd says. It'll matter them. And not proudly saying this, but I, in a way, yes. But I'm in the inner circle. I'm close to him. I mean, I could talk to him any moment. He can speak to me anytime. I'm going to come to church. So I'm not going to wait here for me, the preacher to make me laugh. I'm going to come and get a truth. Oh, I'll laugh at the things that are funny, but I, I, I'll get that truth that I didn't have to laugh for. Close to him. I want to be a part of the clique. Don't like that word so much. We'll use inner circle. Be close to him. Now, the thing about it was the inner circle didn't forget about everybody out in the crowd. Those disciples went out preaching the word of God. You think about Peter and, and, and the Apostle Paul. You think about him, about how, how, what, what they do. Those, those, those fellows, they went out and they preached to everybody else. They went all over the place. Trying to get other folks to come and be a part of the inner circle. A couple things I want to ask you this morning. Number one, do you know you're saved? Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? So I'm praying through. You don't pray through, just pray to. Pray and ask him to save you. If you're not sure you're saved in a minute, you can come the invitation and trust Christ your Savior. But maybe you're here this morning and you know it. You say, preacher, I, I, I think I'm in, the, I'm, I, I'm in the crowd. I know I'm saved, but I'm in the crowd. Well, thank the Lord for that. Let's, let's, let's start hungering a little bit more to get to the inner circle. Get close to them. I want to get close to church folks. I want us to be a close-knit people. That doesn't mean when new people come, they're not welcome. They ought to be as welcome as the folks who've been here forever. But here's what brings us close, getting close to him. Are you a part of the inner circle today? You can be. It's not a club that you can be that you would be excluded from. It's just what we have, we do as we get closer to Him. We become that inner circle where He can expound to us all things. Let's pray. Our heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for the Word of God.
Lord, a simple little story that you've given us here in the book of Mark has been a, been a blessing to us as I studied for it. And Lord, I believe this morning could be a blessing to us as we realize that we're really not anybody special. What is special is you. Lord, I pray that we would all get to a place where we say we want to be as close to you as we possibly can. Oh, Peter just always wanted to be around you. He was following you. He said he wouldn't deny you, and he did. But I think deep down in his heart, he wanted to be real close. In fact, Lord, after he really messed up, when you asked him, do you love me? And Peter, I believe, answered honestly, yes, Lord, I love you. And then he's told him to do something. That was getting closer to you. Lord, help us get close to you. Help us not just sit in the bleachers. Help us not be just watchers. May we be participators. May we be involved. May we be close to you. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning. I wonder if you died today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning said, Preacher, if I died, I don't know I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Anyone this morning? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Christian this morning. Are you part of the crowd? Now thank the Lord for that. He said, Preacher, I'm saved. Let me tell you something. The inner circle is great. Get close to him. Where he can just speak to you anytime, anywhere. Get close to the Lord. Let's be a part of the inner circle. It's not something for us to brag about, to run down someone else. You're no better than anybody else. What a joy it is to be close to him. God spoke to your heart about it. The altar's open. You do what God says this morning. If you're here not saved, you come and let me know. I'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. Father, thank you again for the time. Thank you for the opportunity to share the word of God. Lord, simple, really simple message. But how powerful it is if we let this happen. Be close to you. Bless the invitation now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Should we stand?